Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Train on Main, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Dan Lewis, how are you doing today? Don, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. Psyched to have you on. We talk a little bit of business here in the next 20 minutes or so. So let's get into it. What's Train on Main all about? Train on Main, uh, one of two local personal training gyms in the area. Uh, we service, you know, Poconos region, which is really Monroe County and touches Jersey a little bit and down into the Lehigh Valley. Uh, we're one-on-one or two-on-one personal training. We offer 30-minute sessions, 60-minute sessions, and we also now offer boxing sessions. Uh, we focus on strength, cardio, recovery. We try to hit all the bases, and we try to make sure that the client's number one. Client-centric. Client yeah, that's, that's the way things are going in our business, for sure. I'm going to dig into some of the offerings you have and how the business is set up the way it is now, but get a little bit of a non-traditional story with how you ended up being the owner of Train on Main. So give us a little bit of the backstory there, um, your background in the industry and, and how a, a series of unlikely events led to you being the owner of this thing. Yeah, sure. So uh, I was actually in college to be a uh, PE and health uh, teacher. That was not something that two years in that I decided I want to do. So I looked and saw how many credits do I have and what can I switch to? So I switched into exercise science, fell in love with it. But when I got out, there were no real jobs uh, other than working in a hospital as cardiac rehab. And I knew that I didn't want to do that. So I got into the sports management field, had a couple of jobs in there. Uh, and long story short, in between two jobs that I had uh, for sports management, I was working at uh, what was then called J&M Personal Training, uh, which is at the location that I'm at now. I was just trying to help them hold over uh, while they got married and uh, while they went on their honeymoon. And we ended up uh, having a conversation after they got back and they were looking to get out of the business. So uh, six months later, I was the owner of JNM Personal Training, which quickly changed to Train on Main. Very cool. So when you took over, it was already a personal training studio in uh, that you've kept it that way for the last five years. Now, for various reasons, we have people moving into semi-private training small group, large group, they're, they're all different ways that you can train people. Um, and I don't think there's right or wrong. I think there's a fit for all of it. But for you, was it whatever drew you to work there when it was a personal training studio that also has led you to keep it that way or you know have things uh, adopted in your methodology over the time that's reinforced it to you? Like, hey, we're a personal training studio. That's what we're about. We're not changing anything. Well, I mean, I think size is the first thing that dictates it. Uh, you know, and I think that goes for most places. Your, your facility is going to be able to dictate what you're able to do. And that for us is, you know, one of the things that does. Uh, we try not to have any more than three trainers and uh, three clients at one time, just uh, so that nobody gets in each other's way and everybody's still getting the best product. Uh, but as far as, you know, why we keep it, I've always liked the personal touch. Uh, you know, everybody that comes in, Kind of knows each other in town and it just seems like a very safe space for people who are great at 
you know, exercise or who are super uncomfortable, you know, exercise anxiety sets in for a lot of people when they go to a big box gym. And at our gym, I think we've been able to keep people for long stretches of time, one, because of results, but two, because we have a place where everybody feels super comfortable, where that's not always the case for a lot of the bigger gyms. And then as far as going, changing to small group training or that kind of thing, I've always thought about it and still think about it and still might do it. But as far as with our clientele and our location, it's just not something that I think would work. I think the people that we have and the trainers that we have are very good at that thing. And that thing being, you know, real, true personal training. Got it. So from a business standpoint, one of the first things that we have come up with, with clients in any size gym that's, you know, that are doing large group or doing boot camps or doing semi-private, you know, you always hear, well, personal training is expensive. People in my area can't afford it. There's not, you know, people don't see value. My market's different. Every, you know, special snowflakes all over the place. So you've clearly thrown that mindset away and have figured out, yes, there are people in my market that'll pay for this. Yes, I can provide a service that has value and I just need to do X, Y, Z in order to find them. So how, how have you, how do you feel like you've tapped into the market of people who value the service, understand what they're getting and will pay a premium price for a one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one experience versus an eight or $10 class, you know, boot camp scenario? Sure. Uh, I would challenge anybody that has anything to say about you can't find people in a certain market. I would say that you're probably not trying hard enough. You're not doing the right thing. The median income in Monroe County is $54,000. So that is either at the average or lower than the average in the entire country. Uh, I forget what it ended up being last year. So pretty close though. Yeah. So I mean, are we dealing with the top 5% of the area? More than likely, but there is that top 5% of the area in every single area. And that median income is probably going to be much higher than what it is in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. So I would challenge anybody on that. Uh, as far as why, you know, I, I get the whole, I get the bootcamp model, I get all of those things, but it's not something, it's not something that, has really worked in our area. Some of the big box gyms like Retro Fitness, and uh, we have a place you know right down the street called Muscle Inc. And there's a YMCA in town, and those classes do semi well. Uh, but to do an entire an entire place just on that, uh, as far as you know, anything bigger than probably 2,000 square feet, I think is a risk. Got it. So once you made that decision, this is who we're going to be. This is the community that we're we're going to serve. There were some existing clientele when you took over, but you you've grown the business, had the pretty near capacity. You know, COVID gave us all the karate chop in the neck we weren't looking for. So you've now regrown it. So it pre-COVID you proved that it worked. Post-COVID you proved that it worked. What are the big things that you've done to find those people that say, "Hey, I do want to work with a personal trainer." I see the value in it. I'm going to invest in myself. Like where are, like what rocks are you flipping over to find these people and what are you doing to get them in your doors? So unfortunately, this is not going to be much help for a lot of the people listening to this. Ours is so much word of mouth. Um, you know, we put a good product out there. 
we have a good staff and people talk and it is a small enough town that word gets around and you know if you're looking to lose weight or if you're looking for you know if you came from a an industry that we kind of tapped into was what we call post-physical therapy where if somebody's done physical therapy i don't think they're always ready to go back to their day-to-day life or their job or their you know if they play a sport or anything like that so we've kind of tapped into that as far as getting people that are done physical therapy to come in and uh, just kind of build on what what they did in physical therapy and get them back to their regular life so and you know what we've done, what we've done is just put a, put together a good product. I have spent very little on marketing. You know, we try to do a little bit on social media. Uh, I spent money in my first two years on marketing, and the one venture that we did, I probably spent seven or eight thousand dollars and found zero clients that came in from that. So that put a bad taste in my mouth as far as true just marketing. So as of currently, you know, we do a little bit of social media stuff, and we just try to put together the best product that we can. I think uh, I will disagree with you that it's not helpful because I think there's a couple of good things that we can go into there. And every gym owner would love to build their business on just word of mouth or referrals. It's there are a couple of drawbacks to it that happen sometimes, and I want to talk about your experience with it. But one, um, I like to break it down into if you have an active system or if it's all passive. So. Do you have anything built in where you're asking people for referrals, teaching them how to refer, incentivizing them, or is it really just, hey, we try to give the absolute best service we can and just make people so happy that they just feel like they need to go out and spread the word? So we did try that. I had a referral program built in, the packet that you got when you signed up, you know, filled out all the information, gave it back to us, gave you a little bit about the gym. Uh, in the back of that, I had, you know, that you would receive X amount of sessions for bringing in a client or two clients, three clients, whatever. Uh, it never got used. And basically what I got from the gist of the people that I became really close with and, you know, almost friends as clients is they said, look, we like the place. We're always going to like the place. We're, if we have a friend who asks us, we're just going to tell them. And we don't really care to get anything out of it. And, you know, for me, luckily enough, you know, that happens on a regular basis and I don't really have to give anything back. Not that I wouldn't be willing to, it's just not expected or needed. Uh, But I do think that there are ways that that can work and should work, you know, for a lot of other people. It just didn't happen to work great for us. Sure. Reasonable. So it's, again, it's, it's over deliver, over deliver, you know, get people to be at one of my favorite you know, real short business books is called Raving Fans, right? And it, they talk about the difference of how quick somebody would be to, to leave you or sell you out or refer to you just based on a couple of couple of degrees. Like satisfied customer is cool, but, you know, if the rain falls sideways one day, they might leave you. But Raving Fans gonna going to drag everybody in. And, um, you know, I think that that works to a certain degree. The biggest issues that we see often with people who live and die by word of mouth and referrals are volume and speed, right? It's like, you know, I've, I've heard the analogy that um, it's almost like getting new clients and fitness is almost like dating where word of mouth and referral is just like your friends setting you up on blind dates or, or things like that. Eventually you kind of tap that market out. Whereas 
you know, paid advertising and marketing is like, it, it's like going on all the dating apps, right? You take your best pictures, you put the best blurb out, and then you pick what radius you want. And, and you just hope people swipe right on your business. So volume for you is, is not ever going to be something that you chase because you're a probably 80 ish member cap gym. So, you know, that you're not ever going to be looking to add, um, you know, a hundred members this month guaranteed. Wow. It's more, you know, let's get there, but has speed ever been a factor for you? Like, man, like it's been a slow month. We haven't had anybody come in the door. I had a couple of people leave. I wish these people would hurry up and refer. Has that ever felt like it's plateaued for you? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's so random. Uh, I would say, you know, with like the last two months, we've had probably 20 consultations over the last two months, which is great. And, you know, you always get, I would say when people call and set up a consultation, it's like 60, 40, if they ever even actually show up, we offer a free consultation. I've always thought about it. You know, if you want to set up a consultation, take a credit card, charge them. I've never done it. Uh, but it's more an incentive to come then because that number is like 60, 40, if they actually show up, but yeah, it's never, we have had slow months. Everybody has slow months. Uh, but I don't, it's never been at the point where I'm like, oh shit, I really, <laughs> I really need to do something here. You know, after the pandemic, I, I think I was just, I felt lucky to still be open. And uh, we opened up a little bit more, a little bit earlier than what everybody said you were supposed to. Uh, so I basically just called out clients one day. And I was like, look, we're going to go one-on-one nobody else in the gym will wear a mask and we're just going to get back to it. And I got like a third of the people to say yes. So that's how we got the ball rolling back with COVID. Uh, but yeah, there were, there were a few times during that where I said, okay, you know, <laughs> all right, we got some people back, but some of these people aren't coming back and we need to, you know, we need to get some out there. But I think aside from COVID, we never really had that super hard push to get people through the door. All right. So it's worked for you thus far. And, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But let's say you got to a point where you have, you have two slow months in a row, or there's, you know, it starts to feel like maybe the current crop has exhausted all of their influence. Where do you think you would go if you needed to kind of nudge more people in? Would it be more social media? Do you think you'd go events, promotions? What stands out to you is where you would probably take it if you needed to increase flow of, of people in the door? Uh, so two things. Uh, with us kind of trying to build uh, the post-physical therapy thing, uh, it has been working well for us. We've got a bunch of people that have had uh, knee replacements. We've got a bunch of people who had uh, hip replacement surgery, uh, a couple of people with shoulder stuff. So my next move is to go to uh, some of these, the, the local uh, orthopedics and the local uh, physical therapists and see what we can kind of work out there. Uh, Cause that also does help fill us that dead time, that 12 to three time. Cause most of those people are either out of work or retired. So that's kind of nice. Um, the other one is just get in front of people. You know, uh, we have a nutritionist that's set up. Uh, she, you know, works with us. She's set up at the farmer's market. So that's going to, that's been helpful for her to get clients, but also kind of refer the gym. Uh, so anywhere we can kind of get in front of people, I think is the best. And, you know, one of my most important marketing tools, if you want to call it that 
that we do every year is we have a Christmas party for all of the clients, all of the trainers. And uh, I use some of what used to be the marketing budget to do that. And I think that's always helped because they can bring whoever, they can bring a husband, wife, brother, sister, friend, anybody. And that gets us in front of people in kind of a different setting where you can just talk to the people, get to know them. Uh, and uh, it always, there's always somebody there that has questions about fitness and, you know, we end up getting somebody from that. Uh, so yeah, to answer the question, really just anywhere you can kind of get in front of people. So events is probably the best, best answer. In the biggest uncommon driver for you right now is, is building professional partnerships, building up the, the referrals for the post post PT work. Yeah. Yep. That's probably the most untapped part uh, that we're, that we're looking at doing for right now. All right. So one of the other things that you've amassed besides clients over the years that you've, you've taken over um, has been a training staff, six, six trainers on staff right now, correct? Yes. And uh, were any of them pre-existing from when you took over or are these all people that you've brought on since you've been the owner? Uh, no, there was only one pre-existing trainer when I took over who stayed on with me, who I had known uh, from a personal job, actually. Uh, so she stayed on for about three years. She ended up moving away. So we've we've actually cycled through. Uh, <laughs> these trainers have been there since uh, day one or even really year one. Uh, my one trainer, Mike, has been here, been with me for about four years. Uh, the rest have been uh, anywhere in between three and one. Okay. So what pools have you fished from to find them? Because, you know, it's, it's really, it becomes easier and more obvious in a big box gym or gyms, you know, that, you know, it may have open access and a thousand or 2000 members, or even, you know, the boot camp style or CrossFit style gyms where you have these people that have these transformations and all of a sudden they're raising the hand and, and they want to coach. And it's a, a big pond to fish from have, I don't find that that's usually the case with personal training studios where clients become trainers, become, you know, staff, team, employees, whatever flavor your accountant wants you to call them. So what has it been for you? So we've only had one, uh, actually we have had two, we've had two clients turn trainers. Uh, one was, she was in, and both were in good shape. Uh, one was in phenomenal shape. She actually owned her own dance studio. And she basically came to us for some me time. <laughs> she just wanted to, you know, kind of shut off the brain, come up, we'll get a great workout and then go back to her regular life. Um, and then one day, you know, it just came up that I needed, I needed somebody, somebody was leaving. She's like, uh, I could probably do two or three days a week. So that was an automatic. And she was a great trainer for a very long time. She still comes up and, uh, and Kate, who's still with me, uh, she, her husband was a professional uh, bike rider. So he was coming in. And he was doing a bunch of stuff with us and she just happened to drop into the gym and, you know, she ended up doing some partner training with him. And then she was looking to leave the field that she was in and she ended up becoming a trainer with us as well. Uh, the other ones, uh, I've only ever marketed for a trainer one time and getting one person who was really good, uh, who happened to not even be from that marketing, just happened to be a random drop in, which was great. Uh, but the pool that if I really needed trainers, I would look for is we have East Stroudsburg University, which I went to, was a great exercise uh, science program. So if I was really looking for trainers, I would attack that first and then use social media or my personal connections. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's wild these days to see, 
you know, people are searching the, the literal ends of the earth looking for trainers. I get, I get Facebook ads all the time now from gyms that are all over the country. Uh, I think I actually got one from Ireland not too long ago for, you know, it's like, it's re- people are, are not in Ireland. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I could up and go there, that sounds like me be a good time. Maybe they'll pay me in whiskey. Who knows? But be great. you know, I may or may not take that offer. We'll, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, being able to have um, a local university with a good exercise science program is something that gets really overlooked. And um, sometimes we bring it up to people and they're like, oh, it's like, yeah, there, here are people who actually want to have a career in this and aren't, you know, a lawyer who decided that they want to get out of the rat race and train people or, you know, different, different areas, you know, and on the West coast, everybody's an actor. So you get an actor who personal trains or a bartender or something like that. So when you get people that are like, Hey, these people probably invested six figures into wanting to have this career. And if they don't get to go work with athletes or for a sports team or for the university, they're kind of, you know, they end up working at enterprise running car because they have a degree and they, they don't know what to do with it. And to be able to go out and uh, tap into it uh, is definitely a a resource that in a personal training setting or semi-private setting, um, I think really gets underutilized these days. So sounds like you haven't been quite at that point of, of having to dig to the bottom of the well and really look hard. You've, you've had some, some people, by your reputation, your efforts come into you, but it's uh, it's definitely a good avenue to go. The other stuff is great too, but I think the local colleges and universities get so overlooked and underutilized. Well, and it's fresh in their mind too. You know, I don't I don't care how long you've been into it. Some of your stuff gets stagnant. Uh, so you know, someone that's just coming through a program, you know, getting some of the newer information that's coming out, I think is good for everybody in the gym, clients, other trainers, owners, everything. You're getting somebody with, you know, not just continuing education, they're getting somebody who just went through an entire four-year program and you're getting all those new nice ideas. So I think it's good for everybody. Awesome, man. So you've you've got word of mouth marketing, you know, working, you know, that's fantastic. You've got trainers who, you know, you've you've got some longevity with that you have a lot of faith in. They're they're people, you know, that you've handpicked over the years. Um, when it comes to fulfillment and retention, right? Uh, giving good results and good sessions, um, being professional, that's a given, I think, in this business, right? We, If we have to tell anybody that that's not, um, then, then that's a different conversation. But um, when it comes to retention and fulfillment, what things have worked best for you as far as uh, keeping people engaged, keeping them coming back above and beyond just, you know, I signed up to get here and I worked with you for, you know, however long it took and I got those results and I'm going to move on, or I think I can do it on my own. Like what's your, you know, client path look like as far as getting them in for, you know, whatever it was they were initially looking for, but then keeping them, you know, as long as you can to, to give them the best possible outcomes. Sure. So my very first job out of college, I interviewed to be the assistant general manager of a hotel and restaurant. And I'd only known the person through, an, a, through a personal training client at that time. And he introduced me and I was, looking for, I was looking for a real job, not just personal training. So 
uh, and I was interviewing for it, went through three interviews and they hired me. And one day I was sitting with them and I said, look, why did you hire me for this job? I have no prior experience, anything like that. And he says, I hire personalities first. And I've never forgotten that. And I learned everything about that job and I did a fairly okay job at it. And so I've always taken that into my own thought process, hire the personality first. If they need tweaking for training or anything like that, you know, that's the most important part is having that personality. Can you have a conversation with a 17 year old field hockey player? And can you have a conversation with somebody who's 80 years old and retired and has a, you know, knee replacement? Can you figure out, you know, what they need physically, but can you also have some sort of relationship with them and make them feel comfortable and all of those things. And I think that my trainers are absolutely phenomenal at that. Uh, and that's how I think we've taken, you know, a personal training business to a retention business, whereas people, you know, don't just leave once they hit their goal, they still use us because they enjoy coming to the gym and that's their form of fitness in their life. Okay. So it's really, it's just, it's finding that spot where the relationship is, is strong, but doesn't cross that line where it can get, you know, I don't mean like personal relationships, things like that, but there's, I think somebody I heard call it recently, like trainer client codependence versus independence. Like you're here because you want to be here. You get a lot out of it. We have a good connection, but it, it's professional. It's not the, you know, the, the trainer complaint. I don't want to be the therapist or I know too much or hear about that stuff. It's, Hey, this is, we have this relationship. We can connect where we need to. You're here because you want to be not because we have this, this codependence that kind of gets thrown around in the industry. Sure. And yeah, I may not have thought about it like that. And that's a, that's a great point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're always going to be spending an hour with somebody three times a week, you are going to learn things about their life that, you know, maybe you didn't expect or whatever. And I think, you know, sometimes bartenders and personal trainers and uh, hairstylists, you become a, you know, underpaid physical or uh, underpaid uh, psychotherapist at some points. So I think that does bleed into it. But yeah, as long as you're right, as long as you keep the relationship still semi-professional at least at minimum, where they are still there to do a job, and so are you. And as long as you can get your work done, if there's conversation between as far as, you know, helping them with something else, then, you know, I feel like that's fine, but you know, you are there to get the work in too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got the backstory. We know what you're doing right now, how, how you got there, you know, some of the big things are working best for you. Um, you know, you, you got a little one at home, time may start to become more valuable. Uh, the business is nearing, you know, your ideal capacity. There's, there's always room to tweak and, and twist things and, and make it work. But five years into this new baby, um, you know, we're fingers crossed post COVID, where do you see things going? How do you want to continue to grow and adapt the business so that you can, you can have the business look the way that you want it to and get what you need to from it as an owner. Sure. Uh, you know, so when I took over, uh, I was a husband and wife and for the most part, uh, all the clients were, you know, females are training with, uh, with the female trainer. 
and males are training with the male trainer. And that was the first thing. And what I think to be the most successful thing that I changed in the gym was once you're a client, everybody trains with everybody. And we try not to have, you know, where one person just wants to train with me and that's it. Uh, I think it's been good for a couple of reasons. Uh, one for scheduling two for better workouts. You're getting a little, you're getting the same umbrella of ideas, but you're getting different ways to attack that idea from different trainers, as long as everybody's on the same page. And I think for me going forward, that's going to be one of the tools that I'm able to use. I can step back from the gym. I have a great staff. I mean, gym's open right now and you know, I'm sitting at home. Uh, so with the baby and with wanting to do something, you know, with growing, you know, this business or a different one, having trainers that one you trust and two, all the clients can work out with, I think is huge. And that would be my biggest uh, piece of advice for anybody listening that has personal training studio. Try not to fall into that trap of, you know, client comes in and only really wants to work out with the one trainer. You know, it gives such a freedom of schedule uh, to be able to have somebody with multiple different people, let them be comfortable with everybody. And that's just how in consultations I, I perceive it. I say, if there's somebody that you really like, please let me know but we're going to try to mix you up and get you with different people. Yeah, that's, that's unique, really. You know, I have a lot of these conversations and a lot of people are still in that mode of, you know, this is my client, this is who I'm training. You know, maybe someone fills in if I'm on vacation or something, but not a lot of rotation. And you, you answered the next question that I was going to have is, how do you get people to accept that? But it's one of my, um, one of my favorite answers when we put something like this in place is like, that's just how we do it. That's how it's always been done. That's from, if it's like that from day one, you don't have to change it if you set the expectation. So, you know, when once you put that in place, hey, that that's how we do it here, right? We have what we need to give you the results that you're here looking for. This is how we do it. Try it. You're probably going to like it. Yeah, and I mean, it. I think it protects the gym owner too. I mean, I think this business, it's never really happened to me, but I think this business can be a little dirty especially in a small town. Whereas if you have one trainer that's working with, say you have 30 clients and one trainer is working with 10 of them and that person gets pissed off, that person wants to leave or that person sees that the owner is making more money or X, Y, and Z happens. They can just say, Hey, 10 clients come over. I'm going to do it in my garage. And then the owner gets super hurt. So I, I am not afraid of that. I have a great relationship with my trainers. I have a great relationship with my clients and stuff, but I think that that is a huge worry and should be a huge worry for gym owners. And I think this is a way that you can kind of combat that. Or if somebody leaves, you know, you have a great trainer who's training 10, 15, 20 clients and they leave, those people might not be loyal to the gym. They might be loyal to that person. If that person goes across town or that person moves, those people might be looking for another gym or they might be, you know, at least just keeping their options open and you might be one of those options. Absolutely. All right, man, we are just about out of time here before I let you go. I want to make sure if our listeners want to find, see what you're doing, find out more about you, check you out website, social media, where can they find you train on Maine? Sure. You can find us on trainingonmain.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Train on Main. Uh, you can give us a call if you're looking to book a session. We do online sessions through Zoom. Uh, also, you know, we'll see you in the gym at 570-807-7901. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on with us this afternoon, taking some time out of your day. I wish you continued success and uh, look forward to checking in on you. Hey, it's been great. Thanks. All right, Dan. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you spending part of your day with us. 
We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jennifer from Marietta Boot Camp in Marietta, Ohio. What's up, Jennifer? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. I am so excited to be here. Good. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's get right into the details, wasting okay. no time here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym or start your own gym? How did you get started? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. It's, um, it's kind of, a, it's crazy. So uh, I was teaching group fitness classes and I had been teaching for about a year mm-hmm. and I loved teaching classes. It was, I don't know, there was just something about it. Like I, I just loved doing it. And we had a local YMCA here. So I had taught classes there and um, my parents actually owned a building and it was empty. And I went to him one day and I said, so I have this idea. (laughs) I had no plan. There was no business plan. There was nothing. It was, so I have an idea. Do you care if I try it? My parents were like, sure, go ahead. So really just, it was a blank canvas and it was okay so how are you going to teach and this was back in 2009 before a lot of you know you still had cds mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, so i had a cd player and i think i had bought some mats and that was pretty much it i mean and then i i just kind of opened um i think um you know calling people letting people know oh five dollar classes so again this was back in 09 and it has changed so much from 09 to now it's just it's unreal but that was, that's actually how it started with just this crazy idea of, hey, mom and dad. And then um, I had opened and he had to have a name. So it was like, what are you going to call this place? And I had a few ideas. And actually on, um, I opened in November of 09 and it was right around Thanksgiving time. My family was in for Thanksgiving and um, I don't have a website design background, but um, my family was in and my uncle's all have their own businesses. My parents have ran their own business for years. So I grew up in that environment and, uh, I came up, I was like, well, boot camps trending right now. That was kind of when boot camps were starting to come around mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'll just call it Marietta bootcamp. So I went on WordPress and got like my little site there and started to build a site and it just kind of went from there. So nothing too fancy, but it was yeah. just, like I said, I was just one day I was like, okay, I want to do this. <laughs> And right. I love that. 13 years later and, you know, and it's yeah. changed and more, but yeah. So, but that's how it started. That's awesome. Good for you. A lot of people don't take that leap. You know, it's like so many people have ideas and things that they want to do, but they never actually do them. So good for you for taking that step and making it happen. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So now as far as your business model goes today, so boot camp, typically we're talking about group classes. Yeah. Um, is that kind of how you structure things? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through the layout of the the options within the okay. facility itself. So it's it's changed and morphed like over the past 13 years. And I've done a kind of a combination of everything you just mentioned. Okay. Um, but because I've aged and my life has changed as the business, you know, as the years have gone on. Um, but currently I run four week boot camp programs and they're small. So I like to keep them about 15 to 20 people because it's just me. And that right. way I can still check in on people and the class is small enough that you can, you know, keep an eye on everyone and I think give better customer service. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much I do that. And then I also do personal training. So okay. that's what we're doing right now. And I do early morning classes. That's kind of my thing. That's my, my specialty this early morning. I've been okay. doing them for years. I love early morning classes. So, yeah, but I have, I have done um, the group fitness model with the boot camps. I've done those in the past. Um, that I kind of like to do more in the fall winter because summertime people are so busy in the evenings and the weekends. And I don't, I just like doing the boot camps, especially in the summer months, focusing solely on those. Yeah. So, okay. So and, that's kind of the business model. Yeah. I like that. Um, and as far as your membership goes, how many, mm -hmm. well, how many people are you serving right now? So do you typically just do it in groups? Does them membership kind of change every four weeks? How does that work? So um, actually, I am, I am very, very, very blessed. I have a core group of ladies and there's, I'm going to say, let's say about 15. And they have been with me, some of them for two years, some of them for eight years. Wow. These ladies, I mean, and they're just, I just have this core group of, of ladies that, you know, keep taking class and then, and then we'll have a new person here and there come and join us. So you know, that's kind of, um, and then every four weeks, of course I open registration. Um, and we just are starting a new one on Monday and, uh, you know, and you get like one or two people, new people sign up and then, um, uh, you know, some people may take it for two months and then, you know, you don't see them again, but that is how it goes in fitness too. So, right. so yeah. And I try to hold you accountable. Not everyone likes that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. That's typically what people need though, is that accountability. Yeah. But and I, anything else. Well, and I've tried to focus it more on, and I think as I'm learning, I'm trying to focus it more on, it's a lifestyle. So it's not just you take this 30 day workout and you're done. Right. You know, I'm trying to focus it more on like, this is something you need to do for the exercise is something you need to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my take on it. It's not just a class you come and go and I don't know. I just, I think it's so important to have fitness as part of your lifestyle for as long as you can keep it a part of your lifestyle. So right. yeah, yeah, my head is. <laughs> absolutely. That completely makes sense. So now with the membership where it is right now, are you looking to grow or are you happy and comfortable with things being the way that they are? Oh, I tell you COVID at one time, <laughs> and it was funny. I was looking through some old statistics and different things. And at one time, um, there was about three years within the business that I grew too fast. And I know that might not make any sense, 
but I'm a solo, I guess a solo printer. So I do the website, I do everything. And I also, you know, put the classes together. Um, and I grew too fast. And I don't know, especially with fitness, there was just, it was like nothing prepared me for that. And I had all women. So at, I think at the biggest, I had 60 women and it was just me trying to, you know, you're trying to give good customer service. And it was, it was a lot. And then um, basically let's say COVID happened. Once that happened, you know, everything shut down. Well, and here in Ohio, I was shut down for eight, I think 10 weeks, maybe just about 10 weeks. Um, and then uh, of course you learned, I think we all learned a lot from that. Like things we, I don't know, things we were missing out on and I guess quality of life, things like that. So when I opened back up, I kind of scaled way back. So I scaled back instead of scaling up um, and it was more manageable. And I really got back to, wow, I love this. I wasn't just stretched thin and, you know, it was just so anyway, but going forward, I would like to grow just a little bit. So yes, I am interested in growing, um, but I want to kind of keep control over it. I don't want it to get too big where I get overwhelmed again and I, I don't give the best of myself and customer service. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Of course it does. And you know, there are multiple ways to grow a business. It doesn't always have to be just getting more people in the doors, right? We can get more right. clients. We can get those clients to pay more that we have by providing them higher levels of service, whether that be through nutrition, accountability, uh, supplementation, retail, you know, there's a lot of different streams of revenue that are possible yeah. for the business within the membership that you already have. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the third way is to just keep people longer, right? It's, it's cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. So yeah. multiple ways to go about things there. And a lot of times, you know, especially in situations where you have a one woman show, it's <laughs> like, if you can have a smaller amount of clients, but they're really bought in, they're really committed, they are paying a higher ticket because you're mm -hmm. providing a higher level of service. You know, it, a lot of times it works out better because you're working less, you're making the same amount that you would if you were serving 60 women again. Yes. Um, but the, the core group that you are serving are really committed to their goals. They're actually getting the results that they're looking for, you know, and typically if they're getting the results that they're looking for, they're sticking around longer as well. Um, yes. So <laughs> that's a, a big piece of that as well. But as far as getting some more people involved in the program, what does your marketing look like? How do you get the word out there about what it is that you do to be able to help more people? Um, I focus primarily on, um, of course, Instagram, Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, emailing, I kind of got, I stepped back on doing the emails, like a newsletter, those kind of things. I kind of stepped back on that and focused more on like the Facebook private groups. So I think I could put more a better touch on it through those than I guess email because you can put video on there and you can show emotion, I think better. Mm -hmm. um, so I started doing that, but that's primarily what I do. So I don't have radio. I don't do television. Um, and really I've stopped myself from doing that because I was always afraid if I did, I always said, what if I grew too much? Like, what if I go on and start running commercials and you get too big too quick? Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like it does. I mean, 
yeah, if you're, especially again, being a one woman show, it's like, you don't want to overwhelm the system. You know, you want to be able to still provide that high level of service to every client that you have. Um, Now, have you ever done any type of paid advertising on Instagram, on Facebook, on Google, things of that nature? Cause those you have more control over, right? Yeah. It's like, you can run a paid ad campaign. You can shut it off whenever you want. You can track it. You can see how many people have viewed it, how many have clicked, how many conversions you actually get from it. Mm. So, um, is that something you've done? And then what were your results with doing that? Um, actually I just ran two ads and I'm still learning about the analytic part of it. So, you know, and as that stuff goes, so I've been trying to watch different videos and I'm in some fitness groups that are teaching that they'll talk about those things. Um, I ran several ads and I have gotten feedback. Like, I think I got three, three new members this coming bootcamp from running, um, Facebook, Facebook and Instagram paid ads. So, and then I just do like the minimum amount and, you know, um, I'll promote what's upcoming. So, and I don't do them all the time. I just happened this month. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do it. Summer's coming and we'll see. So, and for me, I thought three was great. Um, I, you know, I was happy with that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, um, I like that you have done that because Facebook is still the best converting platform for advertising Mm -hmm. and challenges on the front end are still the best converting offer in the market Mm -hmm. right now. So that's fantastic that you did do that and you did open that up to reach more people and just let some people, the thing is what happens all the time is that gym owners get really caught up in word of mouth and referrals and all of that, which are Mm -hmm. great. The only thing is that it it really limits you, you know, because the people who are coming to your gym only know so many people, right? Mm -hmm. We think that, you know, they're connected to so many people or whatever. They only know so many people. And of those people, it's like, okay, well, how many of them are actually interested in fitness? And how many of those people are interested in the type of fitness that you provide? (laughs) And then it's like, how many of those people are actually looking for a new place to work out? It's more getting up at 5.30 in the morning. Right. Yeah. So it really narrows things down. Whereas if you're putting a paid ad campaign out there, you can specifically speak to and target the people that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and, And that's huge. And it's also trackable, right? You can get it down to a science where it's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars this month, I can expect to see X amount of new clients on a monthly basis. Whereas Mm -hmm. the other things just aren't reliable. And if you're looking to grow, if you can't track it, you can't grow it. So it makes things very challenging in that department, but it's so frustrating to see so many gym owners really just get caught up on word of mouth. And it's like, I get it, you know, it's free. What's better than that? Um, but at the same time, you know, there are also ways to get three to one returns on ad spend. You know, it's like if people are coming in and they're purchasing a program that costs more than it costs to acquire that client, then you're doing something right. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, does it really make sense? Probably not, you know? So, (laughs) well, I tell you, and it's, it's kind of funny. Um, most of my clients, they're like, they don't want to tell, bring their friends, which I, which this, you're going to, I, I got a kick out of this. And I was like, 
but why? Why don't you want to tell people? And they're like, because they like it how it is. It's their time away. You know, you start bringing your coworkers and stuff like that. When I brought work into the, your gym, which is your outlet, which is your, or you brought family members in, but you, this is your time. Does that make any sense? Yes. That's a really good point. I had a hard time. Like it, I kind of hurt my feelings, but then once they explained it, I was like, okay, I get it. This is your time to get away. And I thought, okay, well, that's not the word of mouth is that's not going to work here. No, (laughs) you're like, okay, well, new plan. (laughs) Yeah. Whole new. Yeah. So that, that was, that was interesting to me. So, but I can definitely see that. That completely makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. because like you said, like if you start bringing your coworkers in, it's like, okay, now work is in your place that you go to escape, you know, same thing with your family. We love our families, but a lot of times it's like, we just need to get away from them for a little bit, you know? So I (laughs) I can definitely see where that would happen. And then that is most of the interaction that people have work and family, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of that, Sure, maybe they've got a couple of friends, but it's like, again, how many of them are interested in what you do and looking for a new place to go? So exactly. it's very, very limited. So I appreciate that <laughs> because I've never really thought of it in that way, but it completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, but we have, um, so on top of like classes, so I teach boot camp classes. And when I say boot camp, um, we actually, I use my building. Um, about two days a week in the summer months. But other than that, my classes are outdoors, which is really nice. And we've been doing that since 2010. So in the summer months, we go outside. Um, But I also actually have um, a spin room. So I have a full spin room with spin bikes. And then I actually have a gym in the front building with gym equipment. So so I try to utilize that. So as far as in my membership, um, like my unlimited membership, you have access to the gym. So you can go up and lift weights and, you know, that kind of stuff after class. Um, and then as far as like the spin bike scale, I'll just kind of put that into like boot camp, like one day is a spin day. So we'll utilize the bikes that way. Um, which is really nice. So you get a nice variety of things to do. Right. Um, but you know, and then when I've done group classes, I would have like in the evenings, spin classes, different things like that. Um, but I found that you didn't get the like commitment that you see, I think in morning classes, like they're there for that structure. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I guess yeah, around like personal training level, mm-hmm. like they, they like that, excuse me, that structured piece. Whereas I think in the evenings, which I know mornings don't work for everyone. Um, I just, for me, I noticed that it was less structure. It was more of, Oh, I've got to go to dinner. I'm not going to be there tonight. Different things like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I guess I, I truly enjoy that structure piece of, you know, and watching people grow, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. I, I, I love watching that with people. I don't know. It just, it's exciting as a trainer. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And people need what's that. I'm sorry. And it said as a trainer, but also as a business owner, yeah, yes. you love seeing, I don't know, you just love seeing that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's the rewarding piece. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very rewarding. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But people need structure, you know, they don't always like to admit it, but <laughs> people thrive with 
structure. So mm -hmm. that is a huge piece. <laughs> and especially when we're talking about keeping people committed to their goals, you know, mm -hmm. it's like they need the accountability, they need the structure. Sometimes they need that little extra push, that motivation to keep them going. So yes. that's a, a huge aspect of things. So yes. Definitely understand that. Now, what is your big picture goal? I'd like to call it a unicorn goal. So like perfect world, perfect situation. What does that goal look like for you? Hmm. And I saw on one of the other interviews, they were asked kind of the same thing, like what the, and you know, I don't, I know this sounds terrible. I don't know because every year it changes. It's yeah. crazy. Like you might have a plan, but that plan all, you know, ultimately changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to be doing this in 10 more years. I would still love to be teaching classes and running, you know, running the gym. Um, I would like to bring people on just like two, maybe two people on. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I'm trying to think, wow, I, don't, I would just love to be doing this and still, you know, and I hope I still have some of those same core women um, <laughs> as we all get older together. Absolutely. Um, but, oh gosh. Yeah. I just, I guess I just love to still be, you know, yeah, doing this and having a successful business, um, you know, 10 years from now. And then, yeah, I guess one day when I'm done, I'll sell off the equipment and then I'll just, you know, I'll retire and I'll go take yeah. classes from other people and, you know, sit right. back and, or go into another aspect of it because I love the fitness world. Yeah. All, all assets. It's, it's such a fascinating, um, I don't know. It's just a fascinating market all, all around. So, right. so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I completely, completely agree. Um, and it's funny that, you know, you started kind of on a whim, you know, with not necessarily having a plan and just kind of went with it. And obviously you've been successful and gotten to this point. And now it's like, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're just kind of go with the flow and kind of see where things take you. And, and that's cool because over the last two years, especially nobody ever expected anything like that to happen, you know? So it's like, you can't plan for that and you just have to figure it out along the way. So it's good that you have that type of mindset where you are open and adaptable and, you know, it's like adapt or die, right? It's like, you have to yeah. be willing to adapt to what's happening within the industry. And this industry is constantly changing. Let's oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> like it is constantly changing. So if you don't have that mindset and you're not open and willing to adapt and grow and learn, it's like, you probably won't be sticking around for too long. And yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, the mistakes I've made looking back. I mean, there's so many things I wish I could go back and do different, but I can't, but I can learn from them and, you know, not repeat that again. Um, I'm trying to think, and, and you're right. Uh, it, you do, you have to be constant. You, you've got to be able to flex and move and, um, because yeah, this industry, it does, it changes constantly and you're right. And that's like COVID, I guess it didn't because I am adaptable. So I was like, okay, so we're just going to have to try to make this work and figure it out as we go. So, but I, I guess that's kind of my personality type. Yeah. Just, you know, right. Figure it out as we go. So mm -hmm. 
and that's good you know like i said it, it serves you well in this in this industry and in the position that you're in so that's fantastic now another thing that i always love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering going their own way or doing their own thing opening their own facility uh what would that be what is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership in this industry hmm Probably the most important thing I've learned is don't be a one woman show. <laughs> I know that might sound crazy, but um, when you set out to open or go out on your own, don't try to do it all yourself. Um, maybe if you're wanting to open, let's say, whether it's a fitness studio or a gym, like teaching classes, or you're wanting to go the gym route, you know, you want to have good people you know, and people that you get a, I think, mesh well with, um, have the same, have the qualities that you, that you're looking for. Don't just settle for anyone, but you want people that have those qualities that you want to bring into and represent your business. Um, but yeah, don't try to do it all yourself, just, you know, get help, whether it's other trainers or if you use a marketing company, but yeah, don't try to do it all yourself, you know, yeah. take, you know, spend that extra and, you know, get the help or, you know, that would be my advice. Absolutely. Don't try to do it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's important to know when you need help, you know, and, and remain humble and know that you don't know everything. And I was just talking about this with a couple that I had on the show this morning. Um, just remaining humble and knowing when to ask for help, you know, and mm -hmm. like, there are so many areas that come up in ownership that you just didn't even know would be a thing, you know, and you're not typically when you own a gym, you're not an expert on business. You're not an expert on taxes or accounting or all of those things that come mm -hmm. along with owning and running a business. A lot of times yeah. I think people forget that it is a business, you know, it's more so like, Hey, uh, I'm going to own a gym. I'm going to bring all my clients with me. We're going to, I'm going to teach a few classes during the day and it's going to be great, you know, and there is that aspect as well, yeah. of course. Um, but there are so many things that come up along the way, the marketing, for example, like I knew nothing about marketing or how to run a targeted Facebook ad, or I had to ask for help, you know, and if you think that, you know, everything, a lot of people just stand in their own way, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I know best, I'm going to try this. And then they just keep trying the same thing over and over expecting a different result and it's like we all know what the definition of that is you yes. know <laughs> right so it, it happens so often you know and then these gyms end up closing mm -hmm. because they can't yeah. sustain and it's like you know if you would just step out of your own way and kind of see the light on the other side of things then you could be in a, a much better position and be able to continue to serve people because if your doors are closed you know you're not yeah. helping anyone. So, no. and you can't be everything to everyone. Yes, absolutely. And that's, um, and I think that was one thing when I was at my biggest, um, when I had the, the largest amount of clients that I'd had, you know, it, I think it, it, it takes a toll on you, not physically, because I think work, especially when you teach a lot of classes, you're kind of, you just get conditioned to that, yes. but you also <laughs> learn how to modify when you're teaching. So you're not doing um, five boot camp classes and you're doing all the jumps, you know, you, you learn how to kind of scale as you're teaching. Um, but I think like the emotional, the, that part 
takes a toll on you because you're, you're learning about, you know, people's private lives or, and especially when you have all women, it's, um, there, there is a lot, there's a lot to that. And, um, I don't know, you have to you just can't do it all. Right. And you can't be everything like yes. you, you just can't. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> accepting that from the start is hard. You know, it's like, yeah. you're not for everyone. And yeah. you can't do everything for everyone, you no. know? And it's like, when you try to do that, when we try to serve everyone, we end up serving no one because it's like, like you said, you get so burnt out and so drained and not only physically, but mentally, you know, it's, it's very mm-hmm. taxing. So yeah. I finally, I, I finally, at the end of when my, when I was at my large, I actually just crashed. Mm-hmm. I just mentally, physically just kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just like, I just, I couldn't, I was just drained of everything. And then, and that's of course, when you start scaling back for, for me, in my case, like I said, I scaled back. Okay. Right. And then, you know, and then played with it along the way and, and doing things that I enjoy, um, versus just trying to do everything for everyone because that's what everyone wants. You just, just cannot do that. So, so yeah. Absolutely. Completely agree. And know that from experience as well. So definitely agree with that. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So they can find me on Facebook at Marietta Bootcamp and Instagram at Marietta Bootcamp. So both of those are my handles, I guess, is what you call it. Yes. All right. Pretty straightforward there. I like that. Easy, easy to find. <laughs> so Jennifer from Marietta Bootcamp in Marietta, Ohio, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Mo and Jen from Living Fitness in Cincinnati, Ohio. How are we doing today? Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Appreciate you coming on, joining us today. Talking about living fitness, your guys, you know, experience, why you started this thing, how it's going now, where we're looking to, to build as we move forward. So let's dive in. So living fitness. So Mo, if you want to kick this off, what are you ultimately trying to build here with your business business within your community community there in Cincinnati? 
So I think we um, started with the idea of a very personal space that people could come to. Um, really, we have beginners all the way through an international marathon runner, whatever their level that they could come and develop a fitness strategy that worked for them. Um, and I think our plan was to base it on just a personal connection um, of any yeah. person that came through the door. And I, that is what living fitness is. It's small, um, very personal. People know each other, support each other when yeah. they're here. Um, yeah. So I think that was what we had in mind when we started out and um, took a leap of faith and yeah. kind of what it is. Sure, sure. And two, I think in our community here, um, we have a lot of box, big box gyms. And yeah. I found that the group fitness that was offered, because that's primarily what we're about is the group fitness, yeah. um, personal training. It definitely was lacking a little bit. Um, and we wanted a big variety and big options for people because it is, it's very social. People are there to work out. They need guidance, but they're also there for the socializing and sure. just meeting people. Um, and that's, I think, what we really honed in on and where the people, you know, came to us. They really found that it was something good, something different, something that was lacking. So I think that was definitely a positive for our business, yeah, for, for sure. sure. So, sure. and I think one of the things along that line is um, from working at other gyms in bigger places, we yeah. had ideas that we didn't have the flexibility to implement. Right. So um, we do big special holiday boot camps or whatever the idea might be, but we really didn't have a way to do those. Um, so I think that's another thing that we really were excited about when we first opened, just the flexibility to kind of mold it the way that we wanted to and the way our clients want us to. Right. Yeah, a thousand percent. Kind of that freedom to operate. And I, I can recall that too, a big part of you know why we open these businesses and to solve that problem, like Jan, you alluded to, like of the uh, kind of bigger, bigger gym models that you guys have there in your town. So I know you opened this four years ago. What was the timing behind that? Why was that the right time to do this? Talk us through that kind of experience. Well, <laughs> um, I think just because we're both moms and we were busy raising our kids mm -hmm. and between the two of us, we were instructing classes and training people, but still busy on that mom aspect. Yeah, sure. And it's hard. <laughs> really hard to do both and i yeah. give utmost respect to those people who do because it takes a lot of time um yeah. with our kids now as older adults we both had the flexibility to devote this full time and it to be our new project i guess right once you think so i think it worked out best for both of us um we had the time we had the flexibility yeah. um it just it set right Perfect timing. Yeah, timing is yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Uh, when you when you picked your actual physical brick and mortar space, um, I, I think that's an important part of the success for the business. You know, uh, what's the space like? Why did you pick it? And talk us through like your mindset behind choosing this space that you, that you're in. Was there like a capacity thought, or was it like a specific look or a part of town? Talk us through that that whole process. Well, really, on this side of town, there aren't a whole lot of options where it's a big open space. Um, with group fitness, you need a big open space. We wanted space for, you know, for running, for, um, I don't know, for circuit training. Right. And we were limited. Everything is really sort of chopped up. And we didn't want to put a whole ton into the expense of demo and building, um, just not knowing where we were going to end up with the business. So this used to be, I think it was like an auto zone or whatnot, okay. four walls, big, big space, you know, yeah. we're at about, I think 4,500 square foot. Um, 
but it works out really, really well. So we just actually got really lucky. We're on a really good, highly trafficked street okay. too, yeah. um, in all directions. So we do get a lot of visibility. Okay. Okay. Which that has really, really been helpful too. That's, yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah, we were close enough to the other gyms that we worked at that most of our clients could come with us, That's which huge. was important. So we didn't start from zero. We right. started from teeny, right. but not zero. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome head start, right? And not yeah. starting with people having a little base to get going, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. covering the overhead and all this sort of stuff, which is which is huge to get started, especially nowadays. So right. um, with uh, with every business, right, to be successful, I think there's like three three or four things we need to do, right? One is like, we have to solve some type of problem within uh, within our market. So obviously we're in the fitness market. What would you say is the problem that you are solving there uh, at Living Fitness for your clients? I think one of one is what we spoke to earlier, the flexibility to do fitness in a way that each person needs it, as opposed yeah. to showing up at a big um, gym class where you might need a modification or in one direction or the other. And there's really no way to do that. Um, so I think that is one big thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the continuity or the personal aspect of um, a place where people come and feel comfortable enough that they stay a long time. So I, I think yeah. with bigger gyms, a lot of times people, in my experience anyway, bounce around a little bit trying to find the right fit. Um, they like some things about it, but don't like other things. They don't have a lot of input into the way classes are set up or what time they are or anything like that. Um, so I think that also is something that we offer here. That was something that we saw lacking in other places that we worked. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, yeah, talk to us about that member communication piece you just alluded to Mo. How, 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 uh, how do you run that? Do you uh, have texting streams of members, Facebook groups, uh, email, how does your member communication, uh, and is, and, and is there any cadence to that sort of communication? So we, I would say, honestly, the biggest way we communicate is face-to-face. -face. We know every person that comes through the door, um, right. or at least after they're here a couple of times, we do. Yeah. So there's a lot of personal communication that way. We do have a Facebook group, um, yeah. so, and we will you know, spread information that way, make announcements in class. But yeah. I would say really our largest thing is is personal. Um, okay. If you're in a class, we'll tell you what's coming next. We'll tell you if we change sure. class. Um, we have a suggestion box that we use and we you know, nice. kind of move off that for different things. But mm -hmm. um, most of the communication is day-to-day, face-to-face, okay. which and, is unique for today. Right. <laughs> and I'd That's probably say, wouldn't you it say, is. I'd say probably 50, 60% of our members have our cell phone numbers. Yeah. And okay. we encourage them to call us no matter what, no matter what time of day. Okay. We might be asleep, but uh, we get back <laughs> to them. But yeah, it's very personal here. And I think that's been the largest key to our success. Obviously, like we don't do a whole lot of advertising. I mean, it's right. it's the personalized touch. Yeah. Yeah. For communication, sure. yeah. Communi communication is so important, right? And we have so many channels to do that nowadays. Obviously, yeah. with the phones, with uh, social media, with all these sort of things. So yeah, I love that part of uh, the business for sure, a thousand percent. That being said, now we need a viable model to be successful as well, obviously. So I, I can't—I know the model already. Just for the listeners, what do you guys offer there as your business model and the services that you offer there at Living Fitness? So we have, as far as our group fitness aspect, um, we offer about thirty-one classes per week, okay. um, ranging through the day from early morning, we start at 5 a.m. Um, we've got our early morning lineup, our mid-morning lineup and our evening lineups. 
Um, we do anywhere from TRX boot camps, yoga, Pilates, um, spin, let's see, spin, yeah, weight toning, box and burn. We do boxing, um, hit training. So there is a large format, a large variety. So it's not just stuck on one one format, um, one idea. It's multiple, right. and I feel like that's been very successful. Um, they have the opportunity to either pay per drop-in rate buy a class pass, or we also offer unlimited memberships for all classes, okay. which in the area is very, it's very competitive pricing. So mm -hmm. I know a lot of um, one format gyms around the area are very expensive. We are pretty competitive. Um, most people find that it's a really good buy for what we're offering. Yeah. Um, on the personal training aspect, we do personal one hours, half an hours, individual yeah. or two to four group. Um, and we just bill them per hour or half an hour. Um, okay. and then again, we do the sports training per teams, right. Right. um, depending on the amount of people, but yeah, cool. it's pretty easy, pretty simple. Yeah, no, I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Group classes are my favorite too. Now, what would you say? First of all, let's get into the pricing because we, we priced, I've seen gyms priced all, you know, from a thousand bucks a month to 10 bucks a month, obviously. How did you come up with the pricing for your gym? Was it, what was the process behind, uh, you know? That was a big debate. <laughs> so yeah. we, we um, both Scary. worked, yes. <laughs> so I, we both worked at other gyms. And right. at the time right. that we started this, um, I was managing fitness at another fitness center close by. So okay. we kind of, and Jen had a lot of experience with other fitness centers. That was a huge debate. I would mm -hmm. say that probably took us the longest to figure right. out. So. Right. We right. um, trying to figure out a price point that yeah. wasn't too low, but that also where we could make some money. And we yeah. really were taking a leap of faith there, I think. Um, so we tried to look at gyms in this area and compare our class schedule at that time to yes. kind of the number of classes people would have to pick from in other places and okay. then kind of bounce the price from there. Um, okay. I would say, at least for me, that was the thing I was least confident about going I, in is just not knowing what price point was attractive for what reason. Right. So. Especially bringing a brand new business coming yeah. into the area. Yeah. And and I feel a lot of times, as I'm sure you do too, I feel like we're probably a little too cheap. We're yeah. very <laughs> underpriced. Right. Yeah. Um, so we get the volume. And we've been talking a lot lately about increasing our prices in, in the yeah. current economy it's frightening. I mean, yeah. we have not changed our pricing even through COVID yeah. where everybody else has, every business has, and we yeah. haven't, um, but we want to, and it's just, it's frightening. I mean, yeah. taking that leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a tough thing for sure. I remember yeah. doing that. Uh, yeah. I was the same price for seven years and then uh, yeah, we bumped it up to uh, like 185 a month, bumped it up to that for a CrossFit model. So uh, yeah, yeah kind of like that cut once cut deep type of thing. And nobody left. It was one of those things. I think it's how you yeah. do it, how you handle it, how you communicate it is like the most important piece. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, if we have a good community and the members see like the value that we're putting back into the gym, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think what we do is highly valuable. That's, I guess yeah, I'll, I'll, right. leave it, I'll leave it there, you know? Especially so, now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially exactly. Now. Right. Like, yeah. yeah very I, think, true. Uh, I think what we do is so important to, uh, it's getting people healthier and fitter and all that good stuff. So yeah. So with the model, we know that now with the marketing side of things. So I know you said mostly word of mouth. Uh, Mo, just talk to us about how you've gotten members in the door, uh, new clients in the door, even like, like even since COVID ended, how's that looked? So um, a lot of the people that have 
come to us. Our only marketing is our Facebook page. We have a website, but I would say the only the only active marketing is our Facebook page. Sure. Um, most of the people that come here um, either know someone else who comes, or they have driven by and seen us working out outside, yeah. or they have Googled something or found our Facebook page. Right. I, I mean, I think other than that, um, we've gotten sports teams through like our contacts with some of the local schools sure. and sure. Um, training clubs for sports and things like that. But I think those are the main ways. They're just um, it's, okay. it's very personal. Yeah. 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 We, uh, we, when we first started um, and we still do, we had special events that slowed down a little bit through COVID. We had goat yoga. We had <laughs> Latin night. Um, we just, we had wine tasting, um, just yeah. trying to sip and spin, just trying to incorporate people coming together and socializing, but they would bring friends. Um, and from there we would grow and that person would tell another person and, and we've just been really blessed. Um, but I feel like a lot of that is because people are very satisfied with the what they're getting, the service that they're getting, and the intimacy and the camaraderie that they find here. Um, yeah. And it's just really always been word of mouth. Um, yeah. And it's just amazing how important that is. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I don't know um, if you know anything about the west side of Cincinnati. It's very tight-knit, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Maybe an understatement there. So <laughs> <laughs> once um, you kind of establish yourself and people yeah. in the area trust you, it's a it's a um, community-type feel. Sure. So sure. that works mm -hmm. very well here. Um, it, yeah. It's a smaller little suburb, I would say. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, like I told you guys earlier uh, before we came on, yeah, I think word of mouth is a big part of our marketing. I think it's like probably about 50%. And uh, obviously, if our clients love what we're doing, they're going to tell their friends, their family, their coworkers, all that great stuff. Is there any way you've been able to systematize word of mouth to even make it more beneficial? You know, like people love incentives, obviously, free month, free t shirt. Um, done things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a, okay. you know, bring, bring a guest free for a month to yeah. a class yeah. or, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, that was successful. I mean, yeah, we always had is. good success yeah. with that. Yeah, um, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, really it's, you know, we're out of line with our business where in this location, there's always room for us to advertise more and grow yeah. more. Um, like I said, we don't do any advertising and I always wonder if we really did how much more our business would boom, but also what we could handle yeah. with sure. that increase. Sure. Do we yeah. lose that intimacy? Do we turn into that big, big box kind of, right. you know, gym feel? Yeah. yeah. yeah while you, maintaining that close-knit yeah, feel. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Pros, yeah, pros and cons for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'd say we kind of run at the place pretty consistently where yeah. – um, we are, we kind of always feel like we're at the max of what we can do um, okay. as far as number of members, things right. like that. So we kind of toss around the idea of, you know, everyone encourages, why don't you advertise? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Sure. We kind of always run at that place where like we're pretty full and we feel like adding much more would kind of tip it to where it's not as yeah. small, not as enjoyable, maybe overwhelming for us. Yeah. Um, or not as smooth running. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we're, you know, and it, it would be a big change. We have our, not just our hands and everything that happens here, but right. we literally know everything that happens. So yeah. I think the next step would be changing that business model a little where we would not, we're involved every minute, every day. Right. Um, right. That would yeah. be a change. I think if we added yeah. much more in the membership area. 
Sure, sure. It makes sense. Yeah. What do you think would be, uh, and I want to dive into that in a sec, Mo, but what do you think would be capacity? Um, so I have a two-part question. First one, from a member number, what would be capacity in this group training model, you know, at 4,500 square feet in your mind? Like, is it 500 people? Is it 200 people, 100 people, 50? You know, no, no, there's no right or wrong answer, obviously. Well, I mean, currently with the system that we use, um, we've had probably about 550, 600 people signing in through our booking site. Um, that could be the membership, that could be personal training, that could be drop-in classes. So when people say, well, how many members do you have? Um, that number is just variable and it changes on a daily basis. Um, our personal training clients are very consistent and that's very constant. Um, on that end, I mean, probably speaking for both of us, we're the only two trainers here. We have one other trainer that's very part-time, but we're close to capacity on the hours that we're putting in. I mean, sure, between the sure. two of us, yeah. we probably each are what? 50 hours a week plus 50, 60 hours a week, yeah. both yeah. of us right. Right. individually. Um, on the class wise, I don't know, we could probably take more clients in maybe a little. I would say, what would you say our average? I, I would say our average size class, it depends on the class that we have. Like our spin is capped at 18, sometimes a little right. bit less if we have spin by prom. Um, boot camps, we can handle up to 30, I would say comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the weight toning, we can probably handle up to 30. Yeah. Yeah. TRX is lower. So, I mean, we could, depending on, yeah, I would say we could probably, I would say, 500 would be pushing it. I would say 400 consistent at a comfortable level. Yeah, yeah. is probably my best guess. Would you agree? I probably, that? yeah, I'd probably say people coming through our doors each day, we're probably looking at like what, 60 to 80 yeah. a day? Yeah. About yeah. 60 to 80 a day. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to look at it from like uh, that square footage standpoint. So, gyms say it's 5,000 square feet and know we're just under that but yeah to me it's like if you wanted to push the membership it's like 500 people 500 members right. for a thousand square feet you want to push it and get to like 100 so it's like every 10 square feet would be a person right or uh yeah. it was 100 square feet so whatever my math is uh, yeah. around but uh yeah so obviously there's different meanings behind growth right it can be more people it could be uh just offering a better product as well right better service um which ties into like retention obviously you want to make keep our members super happy and build a good community. So what are you doing there to uh, keep the members engaged, keep the engagement as high as you can with events, like you mentioned before, or more communication, or just talk to us about like your, basically your best practices for attention and for engagement. I think that one of the very best things we do is um, there is a lot to choose from. Yeah. So you'll never come to a class that's exactly the same as the one you came to before. We have a lot of different class formats that are offered each day. Um, so I think the variety is huge. Um, I think that keeps people interested, not bored. Um, I think the interaction that we have with them. So for instance, we just changed into summer, um, which means a schedule change for a lot of teachers, moms, whatever. Um, because we're small, we have the capacity to tweak things a little bit based on their input. So if we need to change the start time of a class, um, I think that also keeps people very um, engaged in what's going on here because they they really do have an effect on what happens um, just for a small example um, my spin class a couple of days ago there was somebody who just returned after having been off for a while and texted me 
a bunch of songs that they would like to hear during spin. Right. So I included yeah. them in my spin list. You know, it's very personal. Yeah. Um, and we and it changes constantly. Um, yeah. I think the special events help a lot. Again, it's yeah. just new. It doesn't get right. into a routine. Right. Things, um, even the setups of, even if our big schedule doesn't change within each class, that's always something new and different. We always are looking for new ideas. Um, our members give us new ideas. Um, right. The instructors that we've added are definitely bring like a new view of things and yes, new great instructors yeah, for great, sure great ideas so um I, I would say those two things like the the very personal effect that they have on what happens here and just all the the variety that happens inside the doors it's not a big place right. but a lot goes on in here so good and i think what she said about the different workout every single day yeah. i remember when i first started in the gym world and we won't say how many years ago that was because it was a long long time <laughs> ago um but it was the same step class, three days a week, 50 some people crammed in that room to the right. same music and the same routine for a year. And yeah. I swore I would never teach like that. And I feel like we do a great job and people tell us yeah. it's always different. I've never done the same thing. And I pride ourselves on that fact that we're always offering a new service, a new product. And I feel like that keeps them coming back sure, sure. always, always. Yeah. It's always something different because people get bored. I mean, always. they get bored yeah. with it. And I think like, some gyms, if you have like one type of class, you right. some gyms will set up the same workout for the entire day, which is totally understandable. Yeah. We honestly have people that come in the morning and come at night. So you might come in the morning oh, wow. for a spin class or a boot camp, yeah. come back in the evening for something yeah, that yeah, complements yeah. that, you know? Right. So um, it's, there's different things to pick from all the time. Sure. sure. Yeah. That, that's great. Yeah. The, the novelty of it, I think there's a lot to that. Right. And uh, conviction with our members that we care. So I think switching it up shows that we care. And I think they can feel that now, what what Mo and Jen? What have you seen is like the biggest change within this industry over say the past, you know, 10, 15 years that you've been in it or longer? What what do you foresee has been the biggest change? I know you mentioned the set class earlier, Jen. Like it was the same same workout, same music. Uh, obviously, that's been a big change to what to what you're doing now. But uh, big picture type stuff. Any bigger changes that you kind of noticed over the years? I don't know. I feel. Um just with the whole rage of Peloton yeah. and all the different kinds of tech that have been included into yeah. the fitness industry. Um, that has been such a rage. Um, yeah. And I feel it was really interesting because during COVID, my husband said, oh my gosh, we really need to implement something where we're renting out, you know, spin bikes to people or selling, you know, a cheaper version or, you know, offering some kind of service to those people. Yeah. But I told him, I said, it's not, I feel like it's not about that. People are going to want that individual class. They want to come back to that group fitness kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I see that a lot. People have their in-home equipment and their in-home workouts right. we've had so many people buy those during covid and come back they're like i missed you guys i miss yeah. i miss the community we want that um sure. so sure. i feel like that whole technology aspect and of course you're always going to see that but i feel that has been a big change um covid's definitely been a big change for sure, sure. sure. um that's been crazy. Um, yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I think the biggest thing that came to mind, and I don't know if it's a change in the industry so much as is just the awareness of, um, I hate to use the word aging population because we're still not older, but right. the, um, the market or the need for 
people to train at all different stages of their life. So um, I started with high school athletes, like training a soccer program, Um, you know, very fit, few injuries. um, And I think for me, what I've learned or seen change over the years is that, and maybe it's the, some of the clientele that we have contact with, but there's a real need for a constant thread as a person's fitness, athletic career changes and as they age. So adapting to that and being um, able to kind of take each person where they are. So like an athlete that has maybe a career ending injury or a season ending injury, um, incorporating our fitness into that or um, someone who just had a baby or their fourth baby or um, their husband now travels or they have a back injury, just all the things that happen through life. Um, those changes, I think, to me, is, is what came to mind when you asked about that. Just the ability to recognize and respect and handle those different kinds of physical and emotional and life, cha- life yeah. stage changes as people go on. Which we've seen a lot of in the last yeah. year. A lot of yeah. people going from yes working at home to not working at home to yeah. working out in the morning to now I have to work out at night. And yeah. you yeah. just really have to accommodate with yeah. that changing yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. I felt yeah. A lot lately, yeah. yeah. I agree totally. I, yeah, I've seen a similar to a kind of a change in the past couple of years within our industry, a thousand percent. So uh, yeah, we got to be able to adapt, right? Especially as a uh, entrepreneurs, owners, coaches, all that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Mo, Jen, with all that being said, what's the next twelve months like for Living Fitness here, from a goal perspective, or even just kind of where your mindset is now, and what your kind of main focus is here over the next year? Keep going. (laughs) I think, honestly, we have a a good thing here, like just to keep building on that. Um, I think through the whole four years that we've been open, we have kind of focused or been able to pay attention to the things that have worked. And our business has grown kind of naturally that way. Um, I don't want to say we haven't had to try because we put in a ton of work and a ton of time and a ton of ideas. but that part has come naturally. So I think for me, the next 12 months is continuing to pay attention to the things that work here because it is working. It is growing. It's what we always wanted it to be. It's fun. It's um, so I don't know that I have like specific goals for the next 12 months as far as just being adaptable to what comes down the pipe. You know, Um, a couple years ago it was COVID might be a different thing, whatever, just kind of being adaptable, taking what works and problem solving as it comes. Um, I think that's kind of the way I look at business. I think Jen sometimes has like a bigger overview, um, but I kind of look at the day-to-day steps and then you turn around and look and see what you've accomplished through the years as opposed to like a big goal and progressively getting there. Um, So I I think I look at it kind of the opposite of a lot of business owners, honestly. Um, And I agree with her totally. Um, When we look at our business and as a business owner, little changes freak you out. If we see like a drop in numbers, I'm like freaking out, running door sweat. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then again, it'll change again and we'll have a great month. I mean, we always have great months, but you know, you just, as an owner, you really are sensitive and, and just looking into the future. But I think it's so funny because we do, we roll with it. Yeah. We just have faith in the business, have faith in what we have and adapt to what's coming down the pike. Um, and we've had a couple scenarios where we were looking at maybe moving out of this location and expanding right. the business. Right. Um, but unfortunately that came in the midst of COVID and with the economy changing. Um, 
we were close to signing a lease and yeah. adding and holistic twice, twice. Yeah. twice. Yeah. and adding holistic yeah. services, which was going to okay. be a huge expansion. Yeah. Um, but just didn't feel right in our gut yeah. and yeah. it just wasn't the right timing. And I don't want that to affect our branding because right now we right. are at a perfect point. So yeah. I think our model is to just keep rolling with it and taking yeah. it as it goes and just being sure, open sure. to changes that come our way because there's it. always changes in this business for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. As we got mean, alluded to a few, a few minutes ago and uh, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. That whole kind right. of, that whole kind of mindset for sure. And uh, right. yeah, that's an interesting topic. Like, you know, you guys thought of moving, where do you stand? Like, uh, and you know, obviously it doesn't have to be a year from now, but like, would it be more, is it more important to you to maximize this facility um, as opposed to moving and trying to fill another facility? Is that kind of more the important thing of the two choices? Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, with our expenses and yeah. the financial model, it makes the most sense and is the most profitable. So to stay in this location, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And right now, yeah. obviously commercial real estate is like, I know where I am. I mean, uh, just an hour north of New York City. So there's supplies like. You, got, uh, you probably got it a whole different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no supply. <laughs> If you want yeah. to like put a gym somewhere, like in any towns I'm in, like you can't, you really can't right now. Yeah, so like, right. What right. is the what is the market like there uh, as far as like that? Put if you wanted to move gyms, is it even like kind of a possible thing in the Cincinnati area right now? It is. I think is? moving okay. a business our okay. size, it is. Um, okay. The property again, like you said, the times that we've looked, yeah. it's difficult to find a place that's right. functional as a fitness place. It's right. definitely yes, that can work. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. I think you probably have it harder where you are than, <laughs> than we do where we are. Yeah. yeah in that regard. Like, like warehouse footage, square footage used to be like six bucks a square foot here. Now it's like 14 to 16. Yeah. Is, and oh. even, higher, even higher. So it's like almost triple in some spots over the past yeah. three years. Right. So when we out. were looking um, yeah. not too long ago, I hit a point uh, spot about two miles down the road, $22 a square foot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. Ridiculous. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. I and know. I think if, yeah. yeah, if we ever, at least from my perspective, if we ever did move or upgrade or whatever, right. um, I do like the idea of incorporating like massage and some yeah. other products yeah. like that as a blend stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Not as opposed to just the fitness, but kind of blending those two things, which was kind yeah. of the business model that we were headed towards. Yeah before the second round of COVID when that kind of put a, the, the brakes on or whatever, but it worked out. I mean, yeah. looking back, if we would have moved then, that would not right. have been good. So no. right. we just, right. yeah. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that you mentioned the C word, so we'll talk about it real quick, but. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's rough, right? I made a promise like not to talk about it much, but it just comes, you know. It in impacts our, business. I yeah, mean, it does. Especially this. Yeah. The fitness business, like it was the biggest wrench we've ever had thrown in this industry, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so like make it through that. 35% of gyms closed, something like crazy like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, quickly, how, what was that experience like for you? I know it wasn't great. Um, how, Actually, how, I, I, I don't know. I COVID helped us in the long run. It did. I, it really did. Like nice. we... Um, Obviously, the weeks that we were had to be shut down were right. stressful. But what happened here, interestingly, we were in the office one day in that middle of trying to figure out, right. you know, if we were shut down, what we were allowed to do every the day. The day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sending everyone to the grocery. The hoard our, our families are running to the grocery <laughs> while we're closing down, you yeah. know, buying freezers. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, my but gosh. But um, our members yeah. started texting us and just saying, like, 
please stay open. We'll continue to pay our membership yeah, through this because awesome. we want you to be there when we get back. Right. So and they did. They and they, they did. did. Like they floated our business yeah. for those That's weeks awesome. that we had to be. And then everyone is everyone at that point was working from home. So their schedules were more flexible. Yeah. They yeah. um so our business, it were a smaller place. They're more comfortable coming back more quickly than they were to right. bigger gyms. Um we could maintain distance and we set up, you know, personal training can be farther apart. It, we did it our really YouTube did, videos. We did YouTube yeah. videos for the first for time free. in our lives. We, yeah. yeah. For free. We just said no charge. Yeah. We put out like 60 videos on yeah. YouTube. We wow. are technologically not advanced, <laughs> so we couldn't edit. So we just went with it. We did. And organic. Yeah, keep it organic. They got a new workout. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it helped our business. Like I really believe That's in awesome. the end of that yeah. that our business got a huge boost just because of our small business model. Like it was right. people felt okay coming back before they felt mm -hmm. okay going back to other places. And right. part of it is knowing us, and part of it's the size of you know what yeah. we do, and just so I. I those weeks were tough for sure. But in the end, I think it really did. Um, it helped us Our, you know, even right. people are working remotely now and can come to classes when they couldn't before right. Right. or that they can train, you know, now yeah. because yeah. they don't spend money going back and forth with gas or whatever it happens yeah. to be. So I think we got a big boost there. Mm -hmm. That's great. And yeah. actually too, on the mental aspect, yeah, a lot of people have suffered through COVID mentally, physically, their health, um, nutrition you know yeah <laughs> what do we call it the COVID-19 but people yeah. literally were needing us they yeah. they needed yeah. time for themselves they needed to get back on track they needed to get back in that mental space and I found that to be really important and yeah. talked about frequently people were just opening up about how hard it was on oh, yeah. you know their families themselves um and we're grateful that we were there to help them so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. A big thing. And I love that uh, you know, your members wanted to pay, you know, and like when you yeah. were close. I think that, says, that was super cool. It was. It was awesome. It was says the, so much. Yeah, it says so it much made my heart happy. I mean, I just literally day. we could have cried. I mean, it was, I think we did. I think we did cry. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, who does that? I mean, right. that's amazing. But we have our community here and I was going to say it before. Yeah, uh, this community are so giving. We've done. We've done. Uh, benefits for like yeah. cancer for um yeah. heart association and the amount of um generosity that these members and these clients show toward the community they're just so giving yeah. so it, it's just it, it's we're just very blessed very yeah. blessed we had that. a member here whose daughter lost everything through no fault of their own their family and we just put something on our Facebook page Yeah. instantly. I would say <laughs> we could not even fit all the donation. Like it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty just, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that speaks volumes, right? So we're doing a lot of things, right? Which is great. And um, yeah, very cool to hear. So um, no, I appreciate uh, Mo, Jen, appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story of living fitness, where you guys, how you started, where you are now, where we're going. And uh, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having us. You. Thanks. you got it. You got it. Listeners, we appreciate you as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.